Hi, I'm Tashi from Paint by Tashi Jade Bell on Instagram, formerly Teacup of Makeup. And I'm Flora, a beauty brand representative and a makeup artist. And this is the Beauty Business Podcast, where we talk about the business, commercial and legal matters in relation to the multi-billion dollar beauty industry. So unfortunately, Flora was sick with COVID when I was able to um, book the time with Judy to do this interview that you're about to hear. Yes, I was very unfortunate because like, I was so looking forward to doing our first podcast together, but unfortunately, I was in isolation. Yep. So um, that's why um, you'll be hearing uh, the interview of just myself and Judy. And I really hope you enjoy it. What did you think, Flora, when you heard it? Um, yeah, when I heard it, um, I was so interested to know like, you know, all the things that go behind the scenes. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear all about it and let us know your thoughts. So the interview with Judy went really well and we had so much to talk about. So I've had to split the interview into two episodes. So for today, you'll be listening to episode one of our interview with Judy Dakar, the general manager of TBSN. Hi, Judy. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you as our first guest on our new podcast. Um, I'm very honoured. Thank you. Just thinking back to the first time I actually met you, I think it was like maybe in 2015 or 2016 when Mali Beauty was just launching at TVSN. It's been ages. That's right. right. It has been ages. I think actually now it was April. Because she launched it, yeah, she launched yeah. in April, so it's probably very fitting. I'm glad um, I'm that glad. we're sort of doing this um, now. So, just, yeah. just for the sake of our Perfect listeners, um, could you provide a brief background on yourself and how you came to work for TVSN? Sure, sure. Um, so I suppose I'm really at the end of the day just a girl who loves product. Yeah. Um, I am originally from Cape Town in South Africa, and nice. I worked in traditional retail thereafter i finished a um a postgraduate in business at the uni um in cape town and i really always wanted to go into marketing and i suppose i always wanted to be a an art director of a magazine oh really (laughs) but um, but i found my first uh, retail job and the head office on a uh, trainee uh, retail program Mm. um with one of the blue chip retailers called fashini group and they have got loads of different stores or chain stores and one of them was a jewelry store called american swiss and i joined them there and fell in love with retail really and fell in love with buying i didn't even know what buying was before (laughs) Um, and i then met my husband who was in it believe it or not and um i we thought eventually we thought we'll try and go to the uk and go and live in london for a year or two just to broaden our knowledge and experience Mm. and um we were lucky in that they offered us our jobs back if we when we returned back to cape town and and then next thing i knew 17 years later in London, I was um, I had a husband <laughs> and, and three kids and a mortgage. So, oh, gosh, um, yeah. But one of the jobs that had, 
um, been offered to me in the UK, um, which I was very grateful for, was one at QVC, and which yes, stands for Quality, yeah. Value, and Convenience. Do you have that actually, in the US as well? Yes, that's yeah. right. It's quite um, a big business to QVC. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's actually the third largest retailer in the world today. Oh, wow. Um, the okay. parent company is called Curate. Curate. And mm. they have been going for a long, long time. So behind Amazon and Walmart, they are the largest retailer. So wow. um, they really are phenomenal. And they are I have seen some of their episodes. I actually quite enjoy yes. it. Yes, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, they've got phenomenal people <clears throat> on there like Ellen DeGeneres and, you know, um, I don't know, oh, goodness, I, you know, loads of different people have their um, branded homeware mm. ranges mm. to beauty lines to fashion. And actually there are a lot of big brands that really started at – in home shopping. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, Bare Minerals, or, you know, they're called slightly different in different countries. If yep. you think of Mali Beauty, you yes. think of uh, Laura Geller. So, all of these big yeah. brands in Ulta and Sephora, um, that's really kind of where they started. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, it was a really good learning experience. And um, I was there for 15 years and ended up as head of merchandising, wow. planning, and operations. So, mm. I learned so much. A great company to work for. Mm. And then I worked for um, a company by the name of L, you know, like L Magazine, but it yes. was for the licensing, which is run by Legarde Active uh, yep. in Paris, and worked for their Chinese partner um, out of Hong Kong, looking at their accessories and jewelry globally. Oh, wow. And really okay. went and traveled the world to set up new stores in Shanghai and Korea. You've been around. It it was such a good experience. (laughs) And then it was fantastic. And then I got a call from a headhunter whilst I was in St. Lucia on holiday with my children and husband to see if I'd want to come to TVSN. And I suppose the rest is history, really. And that is just on eight and a half years ago. So I'm really fortunate. Oh, I think I'm lucky to be here. It's a wonderful company. So really, really thrilled. And TVSN is still family-owned, isn't it? Correct. Actually, um, TVSN, <clears throat> this is actually hot news for you. Oh, um, cool. TVSN was just as of the 1st of April, we took on a majority um, investment uh, partner, yeah. um, which is fantastic, and they joined us on the 1st of April. Wow. So for the first time, it is now owned um, majority-wise by private equity, but actually, it's um, the owners that have been with us since 2004 who took yes. over the company in 2004 are still on the board yeah. and own a sizable um, part of the business. So, it Which really is an incredible business. Which private equity firm is it? Because uh, I used to work in that area when I was a lawyer. Yeah. I'm so I'm curious um, to know. No, no, no. So, um, CPEC, or also known as um, Champ. Oh, Champ. So form, okay, yeah. yeah. I've I know, it's a great Champ. team. Yeah, yeah, nice. They're nice people. Yes, I think so. And I think they're probably old school private equity in terms of they really invest in a business. Yeah, rather than just trying to strip a a business. Yes, they are. And, you know, it's been a wonderful experience so far um, Mm. with, you know, great knowledge, great experience. And I think the more we can collaborate and work together on our future, the better for us. It just makes us stronger. Yes. So yes. Um, I think we're really fortunate. So yeah, in a good space. And I absolutely love the business. It is um, 
um, you know, I think we're at the forefront of what's happening in retail. I think, I think so too. I think so too. You always find like the most innovative and interesting brands um, that I've seen. I hope really. so. Yeah. I hope so. We try. But I think also on that space of video commerce, mm. um, I know you and I were talking the other day and in terms of, you know, a lot of people might say, oh my goodness, TV shopping, um, you know, that's so old school. But actually, if you think of the way that retail is going today, and the relevance of retail, it's very much visual. Yes. So, you know, you're seeing so many influencers or Demonstrating staff, yes. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah. And what does the product look like before and after? Mm. You know, I saw an article in the New York Times um, about a month ago talking about the revolution of v-commerce or video yeah. commerce. And actually, we're so lucky that we're pitched right at that forefront of that. Mm. Um and I suppose, you know, we know that linear TV in its old-fashioned form, if you like, is 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 changing ground, if you like. And we've yeah. been really, over the last two, three years, we've been investing and we don't even call ourselves so much of a TV shopping channel. We call ourselves as an experiential retailer. Ah, um, yes, yeah. I like that because, description. Yeah. Yes, I mean, too, because, you know, we can experience the product. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really the joy of it is that we can um, – we can really differentiate ourselves by mm, from other being... retailers. I think other Correct. ones are trying to get on board. Like yes. um, that I've seen recently, like Mecca, I think started mm -hmm. doing it maybe like two or three years ago. Correct. But uh, you guys have always been there right at the yes. forefront. So we're lucky. So I suppose our mojo or our secret sauce, if you like, is that we know how to sell product in video format or in motion format. Mm. Um, and, you know, for many, many years, you know, the last sort of 25, 30 years, the best way of displaying that motion format is really via TV. Yes. But really over the last sort of 10 years, we've so much adapted to, it's not just apps, but, you know, um, what you can do on your iPad, how you can, you know, video on demand, for example. So mm. we've really seen it's not just internet anymore, but it's a video on internet. We probably have one of the richest content sites yes, in Australia. Yeah. With loads of videos um, and how to, there's a lot, I yeah. think so. Our service provider keeps thinking that there must be a mistake because we've got so much. But, um, you know, I think that we, so no, it doesn't matter which platform, whether it's TV or on your phone or on an app or on online, um, really for us. Our, is there an app for TVSM? There is, there is. Oh, there is. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm there we go. No, you don't need it. to apologize. <laughs> Our fault for not having it. you realize that. No. Um, so we're investing heavily into that space. And mm. I think for us, we stayed true to our sort of secret source, if you like, by being yeah. strong in the video commerce. Yes. And then we just make sure that we're available on the current platforms that are relevant to the customers today. Yeah. So pretty much 24 hours retail. Yes, going. no, absolutely. So we have as our tagline, anywhere, anytime. Yes, I like and that. And to log on, click on, switch on. So really, you know, the customer, I think the whole sort of essence of um, browsing on the internet has also changed so much. It used to be, oh my goodness, I need a new fridge or I need a new 
whatever me pillows or mm. you know i need to go and buy a new cleanser and let me go and go and search for it find it and then take it where now people are actually using the web far more in a you know there's a push and pull aspect to it oh, i want yeah. to be entertained by it rather than just going to look for product number xyz mm. um, and i think that as a retailer today you've got to be a little bit of both and know when to when too much is too much on either side of those not just you've obviously got to give the information yes but serve it up in an interesting way yeah not too silly exactly do you know and i think us girls and i say women and girls because really our customer base is i'd say 98 percent female based 98 percent okay and you know, as women, we like to know the environment. We like to know the circumstance in which we're living. And, you know, we love the connections between other women and other people. I'm not saying men aren't involved. Of course they are. Mm. Um, but we love the interaction and we love the extra information that we get. We often ask people for their opinion on something, even though That's we yeah. kind of know I'm still going to buy that, but I would love to just scout out the opinion of others. Mm. And sometimes, you know, it just helps us to make a better informed decision. And I think all of that really goes into players too. Like you said, it can't be too silly. You yeah. kind of need to be a bit human as well. Human so, and honest yeah. and upfront, I think, is what, what you can definitely see from your shows and uh, when you, you know, feature products. Oh. Yeah, it's it's good because, you know, um, mm. that's what I like. And there's not too much editing to it either. So yes. I, what I'm no. actually seeing the product being used in real time, which is fabulous. Correct. Correct. It's actually all live. So all 13 hours a day is all live. So there's no time to lay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't have a chance or even five seconds to just quickly fix anything up. Mm. Um, and, you know, from a legal perspective and what they say about a product, there's so much um, restriction or, you know, the hoops to jump through to try yes. and make sure that and we're saying the right thing and not to mislead anybody, um, especially on some trends that you find today on things like, um, I don't know, all natural products or all vegan. You know, not everything oh, yeah. is. And there's obviously quite yeah. a... Um, and the you know. TGA guidelines yes. as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I feel as if we're always having to be on the forefront of that. But I think at the end of the day, we also know that it's never about the first sell. We can any retailer can get lots of people to buy a first time. Hmm. What you've got to make sure of is that you build a relationship with the customer so that she can come back the next time That's and trust you. you. Yeah, exactly. And you know, also because we sell more than just beauty products. If I know. We sell, I actually bought sell... some things on TVSN today. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, that's great. Yeah, I did a little shop, bought some shoes, some clothes. That's fantastic. (laughs) And I think we have one of the widest ranges of jewelry too. So if you're going to buy diamonds, you want to trust it because if something happens that you don't like it, you're not going to come back and buy the cleanser or the moisturizer. Mm. And if you don't have a great experience on the eye cream, you know, versus what they've sold it to you as on air, then or online, you're definitely not going to buy the TV or the KitchenAid, for example. So, you know, for us, it's that trust is Trust, number one in, in customer loyalty, I think. Is Absolutely. What, what you are building yeah. there. Absolutely. So when you, I guess, because um, we, we focus more on beauty on this yes. channel, when choosing beauty brands, how do you go about, you know, finding them and what are the qualities and criteria that you look for? Sure. I think it's a good question because, um, I think there's so many different avenues 
one can go down. Mm. I think essentially for me, the brand has to tell a story. Mm. I don't mind if it's a super humongous, massive brand or a small brand will happily su support new brands that are just starting. But it has to have an authentic story and a reason for being. Mm. Sometimes you can have beautiful brands which look lovely on a on a shelf or, you know, with beautiful boxing and packaging, but actually is it going to work? Mm. You know, are we able to say something about how it hydrates the skin or how, um, you know, over time that you've found um, particular type of, um, I don't know, you know, like you found that the appearance of the fine lines and wrinkles have started decreasing. Like what's the evidence behind it? But also what's the story mm. and how authentic is it? Because I think that there's so many brands claiming to do something. That's so um, true. Yeah. And, you know, it's, at the end of the day, as lovely as that bottle looks on my counter, I actually look at my eyes all day long and I just think, oh, my goodness, I need something that's going to help. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think that we really are looking for and maybe a little bit more time poor. Everyone's a little bit different. Yes. Um, and I suppose we try and make sure that we offer a variety. We are, for some people, you know, this, the whole nature sort of thing is, is number one of their forefront so they want natural ingredients for some people they want natural ingredients that have been modified by science in order to have the best of both worlds mm. you know and so i think and we've all got different price brackets you know that we can play and push through we've got different circumstances in life so we try and make sure that um it tells a story and then the other two grids that we use if you like just in terms of looking at it is we'll look at a we'll sort of almost i always call it for the team in beauty i always call it a beauty ladder and on oh, one wow. side, okay. we have the science, and yes. on the other side, we've got the natural. Yes. And in skincare, I would always say your moisturizer is normally your leading product. Mm. So we kind of look at where does this brand sit in terms of its claims? Is it a little bit more on this, um, the nature side or is it a little bit more on the science side? Mm. And then we'll look and see, okay, price point-wise, where does it fit into that up the ladder or down the ladder from the moisturizer perspective. Mm. And then you know, this is after you've decided it has got a great story yeah. or a great ingredient <laughs> that's going to yeah. work, that's clinically proven. And then we look and say, actually, does it fit within our mix without cannibalizing another person's brand? We don't want to bring on two brands that are virtually saying exactly the same story. Mm. You know, that's not mm, – yeah. um, that's confusing to the customers. Yes, so yes. we don't necessarily say, no, we've got two brands all about, I don't know, um, let's take – aloe vera for example i'm just naming something yeah. random yeah. but you don't want to have both brands pitched at the same price point and both brands saying oh it's aloe vera that's you know been able to help with whatever the particular skin concern is mm. we really want to make sure that we've got everyone has their place to be fair to the brand that's very um, cool that's very interesting yeah. actually yeah i mean because when I you think, go on to like other like websites like cult yeah. beauty or you know Beauty Bay, there's always sure. a competing product to yes. the one that they are selling. So it's almost like you have to, then it's confusing for the customer because yes. then you have to f filter through all of these products, which pretty much yeah. say the same thing. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why this one's like five times the price or, and it's, you know, as you will know for sure, you try so many products that it's not, a, it's not always about the price. Yes. That means it's going to make the product, you know, yeah. it's going to change um, your skin. Mm. Um, 
so I think for us, we also really want to be known as an edited choice. Yes. And I think it's probably because there's so many, you know, like especially in this kind of digital age, we're given so much information overload, whether it's from magazines or, you know, from looking on social media or reading, you know, digital newspapers or whatever it might be. We just we're just given so much that eventually you think, oh, my goodness, like what cream should I use for my eyes? I don't even have a clue, never mind how to actually use it. And I think we just try and have a bit more of an edited choice. Mm, I like that. So mm. You can see if it's going to be um, right for you and a bit more curated. Yes. So um, if there is going to be a cleanser, this is the one. The brand might have five cleansers, but we'll say actually based on the Australian conditions and the average customer base kind of thing, we think that these two cleansers are going to be probably the best. If you're wanting a cream cleanser or if you're wanting a gel-based cleanser, mm. and these are the two reasons why, for example, some would be different. If your skin's a little bit more like this, we suggest this one. And if your skin's a bit more like that, we suggest the other. So do so you, we, that's mm. like you were saying that let's say they have five cleansers, do you, would you stock all five cleansers or be more selective no, than that? We'd, we'd probably be a little bit more selective so oh, that customers okay. knew where to go. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So if a brand, I don't know, say now like Alginist um, mm. was on board, we don't stock all of their cleansers. We'll, you know, we speak directly to the CEO of Alginist mm. and, you know, she'll say to me, based on the research that we've done, based on the conditions in Australia, these are the two that we think are the two, you know, most different types of skin and that the ones that are going to be able to deliver results based on the skincare oh, concerns okay. from That's Australia. Amazing. Yeah. So I think that really helps us. Same with someone like Dr. Lancer. You know, he's very much got his um, sort of three-step protocol mm. um, of the polish and the cleanse. But, you know, it's very much the whole method. Mm. But we won't offer everything in his brand. It's rather what's the right thing for mm. our customer base because otherwise I even find it confusing and I've been given the 101 <laughs> from the original, <laughs> the owner or creator of the brand and I'm feeling yeah. like I have to take notes. Yeah. And, you know, no one should have to be in that position. You're supposed to enjoy beauty yeah. products. We're supposed to love them and it needs to be a fun part of our day. Mm. Um, so really we try like and be that. a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, good. It's, it's nice that it's curated and, mm -hmm. and it's all tailored towards like the Australian and New Zealand market as well, right? Absolutely correct. New Zealand market. Now correct. Climates are pretty similar. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, our needs I, are I similar. Yeah, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, so that's no. really very interesting. No, the same would apply to cosmetics. So, for example, for colors, you know, our mm. colors that the customers choose in New Zealand and Australia are a little bit different to that in Europe or in the US. Mm. Um, you know, we tend to, customers here tend to go for a far more natural look oh, um, okay. and less of the moody tones, I would say. Yep, yep. So, you know, as we sort of, um, you know, we often would have or pre-COVID and now we're starting to go back. I've just finished my first overseas trip. I know, but, um, I Oh, aren't you lucky? You what a treat. I'm very excited to go back and we'll take yeah. some of the buying team with us again in um May and June. Wow. But really just to, you know, when you see the different color palettes available, for example, mm. with if the brands maybe if the head office is either here in Australia and they're exporting or if they're in New York and they're exporting around the world, we'll be able to see the different color palettes and be able to choose those which are 
based on their suggestions too, but ones that we know have resonated more with our customers, a little bit more of a natural outdoor look yes. um, rather than heavily made up. You know, it's probably more of a medium foundation rather than um, a full coverage foundation. Mm. You know, it's just little things like that that we'll obviously take into account, which is then it's, I think, You've just got to try and make it easier for everyone. I know. Or just, I know, otherwise too much choice is never a good thing. I mean, nobody has, you know, hours to put on their makeup. I mean, I think yeah, yes. for the time poor, especially, and yes. and your particular age group. Um, Correct. Probably, you know, busy moms, busy working, working women, so they just yes. need something quick and simple and beautiful. Yeah, and, and you you know, you're right about that. I suppose we always say we're sort of 40 plus. Mm. Obviously, we've got loads of people in their 20s also buying from us and loads of ladies in their 80s. But it really is about um, finding something that's right for your skin tone. You know, I know, for example, my mom who's going to have her 80th birthday at the end of May, it's hard to get any wrinkles. And yet wow. I also know some sun-loving ladies in their 40s who've got tons more wrinkles than my mom. Yeah. And I think it just depends on your skin type and, mm. you know, have you gone through hormonal change? But you don't want to have to go through 15 different foundations and spend all that money to find the right one. Mm. So, you know, to your point, let's rather hear and say, right, if you've got slightly oily skin, and you're prone to this, then I would suggest this one. Mm. So, you know, rather than trying to feel like you have to work your way through them all. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliant. I hadn't realized that before, actually. But yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> no, I like pleasure. it so much. Um, I was wondering if you, um, like you did say earlier that you're happy to support new brands that yes. come onto the market. Um, yes. How how do you go about doing that, and and roughly how does it, how long does it take for for them to build like a customer base? Because like bare sure. minerals, you said started out on um yes. on television, and it's so huge now. Yes. Um, how how does that work with TVSN? Sure, you know I'm also going to mention another one. Philosophy, philosophy oh, yes. started off on QVC. Yes. you know it was I like um, philosophy. Yeah, it's a great brand. Um, so, you know, I think that for us, we've got, you know, if you look at something like um, Oil of Morocco, mm. um, cosmetics and hair care, that actually started at TVSN. Wow. That started okay. literally, there was a lady who the owner, who the owner of the company, and she was busy guesting wigs. She was oh. selling wigs. <laughs> and when she was here, the beauty buyer said to her, oh, man, there's this whole big trend that we see going around everywhere all about argan oil. And it can do such fantastic things for your skin mm. and your scalp, apparently. Um, is there any way that you're able to get any of that? Do you know any contacts? We'd love to try and develop a range around this. Wow. And she actually went away and started it, and it's now sold in so many different countries. Yes. It's an incredible brand here in Australia and in New Zealand, but it's also fantastic, obviously, on TVSN. Mm -hmm. But um, it's sold around the world. So whether it's in Europe or in the UK or um, in the US, it's now a fantastic brand, and it started right here on TVSN. So that's amazing. That I think is lovely. Yeah. Um, you know, these Australians have loved this brand and have really, you know, helped nurture it. And she's been great at really listening to what customers want. Mm. But I'd say, you know, all brands are a little bit different. Sometimes you find people who've created brands have got a fantastic idea mm. and are like amazing with the pricing and the operational side. It's incredible. But they don't know how to market a brand. Yes. And they're really needing somebody to be able to carry their vision and mm. to get them some help with marketing. 
Mm-hmm. And then you'll find another brand which is phenomenal on the marketing, but they don't really have much of a backbone in terms of the story fleshed yes. out. Yeah. Or they're exploding it just as a fad. And then I think that you're in trouble for long term. Mm. And I think, you know, a lot of brands haven't done the the original 101, if you like, when starting a brand. Do I really? And I think you've got to ask yourself a very honest question. You don't have to tell everybody, but am I starting this brand to hand over to my grandchildren one day? Like I'm going to live through this brand. Or am I starting this brand because I think it's a hot idea and I'm going to sell it in five years' time? Mm. And I think the way you answer that question will determine a lot of decisions that you're going to be making about the brand in terms of investing in product um, uh, development, for example. Are you really going to be putting lots of great ingredients in or are you just putting a hint of that ingredient in? I suppose the hemp, that whole hemp, Oh, yeah. So like, you know, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just, so, I'm just a um, bit over it. <laughs> yes, I know. And I think, you know, especially considering that really the hemp that really does make a difference or the CBD isn't even available here. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the products say they've got hemp, but that's not even a, as a trace element. Um, which I know you know a lot about. So you know, and sometimes I, I don't understand. Mm. Like I, I, I recently saw a lubricant mm. <laughs> with hemp mm. in it, and I oh. asked, "What is the purpose of having hemp in it?" And they couldn't I, answer. I know. It's just, I it's just to say we've got it's hemp a in marketing. it. Yeah. Exactly, such a marketing ploy. So, you know, to go back to your question about how long does it take. We just launched a new brand um, recently for our Italian day, which is a, a beautiful brand. Mm. And the the gentleman probably, you know, was doing a bit of research and about other markets outside of Australia, I mean, outside of um, Italy and was wanting to find out a little bit more and reached out because I, I used to be, the last time it was live, I was a judge for the Cosmoprof in the US. Oh, wow. um, and it was fantastic. And I think you know, we just connected there. So he connected saying, would you ever be interested? And I was like, yes. And, um, and you know, I think that's kind of how we sort of make contact maybe or so someone either reaches out or we might see them at a trade show or see it in a magazine mm. and, you know, pick it up like that. Um, but I think for us it was really exciting just to be able to um, launch something which had a really nice particular story, small brand still, it's called Prato Botanico, um, and it had really good efficacious results, small, but like it had, there's something beautiful about the brand and mm-hmm. about the whole cold-pressed philosophy um, with what they're using in order to make a difference to the skin. So, you know, I think we probably managed to get the, that through and get through QA and legal probably within two months and put it onto oh, air. Okay. We did have to fly the product in, which costs a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, they already had a lot of their science backed up, which yes. then helps. Wow. That's, that's... Sometimes, you know, we launched <laughs> Gatineau and that can take maybe five, six months because it's such a massive company it that's is. global and beautiful brand. Beautiful yes. brand, I, like, I, I do like their products. Oh, no, I love nice. it too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think then it, it might just be that we've got more hoops to, to jump through because it's a bit more corporate. Mm. Um, yeah, so it depends. But where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. And if the brand stands by what it says on the tin, if you like, yep. um, then it's – and then I also believe that there's there's the right time for things. There's a season for everything. Mm. Um and sometimes you just have to wait for when the timing is right rather than forcing 
a launch mm. on something. So, um, yeah, no, there's been lovely ones, you know, from Herhoba Company that yes. launched when they were still really small but beautiful. I love and, you know, Herhoba really Company. Grown with them, yes, absolutely, and a lovely brand. And really, but I always think, um, I always say to the buying team, you need to show restraint. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, so okay. steady wins the race and yes. you know you don't have to flash up all the products at once tell the story the customer doesn't want to be bombarded go back to what the brand's really about or the roots of the brand so join us next week for episode two of our interview with judy dakar as you've heard she's just an amazing person with so much information and wealth of knowledge and we look forward to seeing or hearing you guys next week thank you